Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. Our purpose on Journey to Success Radio is to interview and promote people who are making a positive difference in this world. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I am a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor, and I help people live positively with and through the many and varied challenges of life. Myself, I've had rheumatoid arthritis from my jaw to my toes since the age of five. That's 45 years now. And in that time, I've had four hips, four knees, and two shoulders replaced, which makes me sound like a spider. And I've been hospitalized about 40 times. I also stand about five foot one, hence the nickname Too Tall. And that's due to the heavy doses of the steroid prednisone that I had to take to fight my arthritis. Despite those physical challenges, everyone who knows me knows I always answer amazing when asked how I'm doing. I tell people 80% of the time it's true, and the other 20% of the time it's to remind myself that it's true. So you can find out more about me at my website as well as this radio show at Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L, dot com. My guest today is the amazing David Tuckero, Jr. So David is a Mikasu Cree First Nation. He overcame his fight with leukemia, chronicled in his memoir, Bad to the Bone, the true story of David Tuckero, Jr. Born and raised in Fort McMurray, Canada, a fellow Canadian. I'm in Toronto, so that's uh, west, uh, Western Canada. Uh, David shares his tumultuous journey of self-discovery through pain, hopelessness, and the feeling of inadequacy to help inspire others to overcome adversity. After finding his purpose, he is living out his passion of teaching others to save lives by registering to become a bone marrow donor. David spends his free time with his family and enjoying music. Welcome to the show, David. Hello. Thank you so very much for having me. I couldn't help but overhear, and we've got some of the similar things going on with us, with the prednisone and all the surgeries. Oh, I hadn't thought of that with the leukemia. That must be one of the more powerful drugs that they use, or not more powerful, but one of them anyway. Because you were talking about your hips and your knees. I've got my left shoulder fully replaced because of the prednisone. I've got both of my hips fully replaced because of the prednisone, and I just actually have my right knee fully replaced because of the high doses of prednisone. Yeah, people don't actually always realize that, and even now when you say it, I hadn't even actually thought yeah. of it for a while myself. It's not just the arthritis that wore out the bone, it's the actual high doses of prednisone mm-hmm. also helps to wear it out so much faster. Yeah, and, it you know, so. caused avascular necrosis in me, so that, that's, you know, it, it's really kind of amazing to connect with somebody that's been through something similar, you know. I love it. And our purpose, when I read your purpose, I'm like, oh, my gosh, because my purpose (laughs) is to help people to live positively with and through. So with, for me, it's with. My arthritis Mm -hmm. is going to be with me forever. Some people, it's through. You know, someone dies, they have a hard time for a while, and then if you can stay positive through that. And this is, and then my number one question people ask me all the time, the hardest thing is finding your purpose why did god put you on this earth and when you do as you've discovered uh life just seems to go a lot easier still a lot of pretty stressful life but when you really 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 know that you're impacting people positively through the challenges you've gone through you almost feel like come on bring on some more challenges so i can encourage more people (laughs) right yeah wow 
So uh, amazing, and so you've become a bone marrow donor, and that's the that's your purpose and your passion, and and so tell me a bit about it because I never uh, I've had a bone marrow extract to uh, test for something when I was young, and all I remember was extreme pain and a bit of swearing. Maybe yes. replace bit with a lot. <laughs> And See, so me, tell me about it, because a lot of people don't know about a uh, bone marrow, being a bone marrow do- donor, and at the same time, I don't want to discourage people, uh, but I don't want to lie to them. Is it painful? No, I'm actually a recipient of a bone marrow donation, oh. but my my goal is to create more bone marrow donations. But no, actually, it's very painless now, as what it used to be before. Before, wow. it was... Like you said, it was like a hip biopsy almost, you know, where they would have to aspirate from the hip, and yeah. it would cause a lot of pain, like you just said. And uh, they don't do that much anymore. Like, they do in some very, very certain cases, but now right. it's it's not like that. It's really very simple where they would just, you know, a simple blood draw from one arm. The blood will go into a machine. It will, you know, shake out your blood, your platelets, and your marrow, and put in the blood and platelets back into you with another needle in the other arm. So it's a very painless process now as what it used to be before in the past. Wow. Now you are you're talking about how painless, but I have one phobia in the world. Now yes. I would rather go through four hip replacements than one blood test. I yeah. may sound like the bravest person in the world, but when I go for a blood test, I'm like a five-year-old kid, man. They almost have to wake me up and, you know... Mm-hmm. Give me a towel, give me some juice, <laughs> call the paramedics. <laughs> I've actually driven two places and then I didn't even park. I just turned around and went back home because I was already getting nervous. But it is a lot better. That's way, way better. And that's only my phobia. Many people can just have a blood test or a needle in their arm and just look the other way and yes, nothing happens. Exactly. Lots of people like that. And so what an improvement in the process because if you had to go through what I went through, uh, if most people had to go through that, you'd have to do an awfully good selling job. Yes, exactly. And then that's the thing now, as you know, is it's an easy selling job because it's painless. Yeah. And it's it's just not as invasive as it used to be and not as painful as it used to be. Yeah, amazing. And that's such an easy way of doing it. And uh, my goodness, I, I love uh, the advances in medicine. Uh, David, one thing I talk about, and I bet you do too, when I talk to people... Uh, I talk to people about how blessed we are to live in Canada. I've been in hospital about 40 times, and the only thing I ever pay for is the rental of my television, and that is an optional mm-hmm. thing. As you know, you don't have to rent a TV. Nope. Now, yep. if you're a kid and you don't have a TV, you're going to go nuts. So we rented the TV <laughs> always. But, but most countries, even if we were born in what many people would consider an amazing country to be born into the U.S., we would have been in deep doo-doo yes lots of financial um heaviness that comes with that you know so many bills you know and uh uh, yeah i'm very blessed that you know the canadian health system definitely kept me alive you know because um yeah i'm not sure what would happen if i was in another country you know Imagine uh, we wouldn't be able to get health insurance. The costs would be incredible. We wouldn't have been able to go through what we've been through to be productive and be around to help other people go through what they go through. So what a tremendous blessing. And so people do complain, oh, waiting times, and oh, not enough this, not enough that. 
Come on, go to a third world country, see people line up hundreds deep outside, yes. no chairs, once uh, every three months when the doctor comes to town, and then come back here and let us know how those waiting times are for you. Exactly. <laughs> Man, I think we can probably talk for like three hours. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me about uh, your story and uh, and your book because uh, it's right down the purpose of I ha- what I have helping people with challenges, but at the same time using your challenges to help other people overcome adversity. Well, my story kind of goes back going to you know what children don't tell their parents or what parents don't recognize in their children. And for me, I had a big inadequacy problem because my dad had set the bar so high for himself, you know, being a businessman in Canada and a very successful one at that, I found that I had to live my life by his standards. And what I didn't understand was he was always creating my success and he wanted me to see it for myself, but I I just, you know, kept mistaking his success for what I should be doing. And it caused a lot of inadequacies for me and uh, really a lot of unhappiness because of it, but really he was just doing everything he could to provide the best for me to you know really explore what it was i wanted to do and he gave me every opportunity for that and then it goes into being diagnosed with uh, all leukemia which in an adult is i what i'm told is very rare but in children it's you know when it's common it's you know easily fought off because there's something inside of a child that just can fight off the leukemia a lot better than an adult so for me, getting this was a rare disease, and, you know, I was given uh, four death sentences in three days because, you know, I had all the reason in the world to not make it through it and, you know, not very much hope to live off of it during that time. And it, it talks about how, you know, the power of positive thinking and, you know, the changing, you know, from a cynical point of view to a positive point of view really helps you get through a situation no matter how grim it may be. Nice. <laughs> wow, we have a few similar things there. My dad was a very well successful business person in the explosives business. Okay, oh, wow. we're like ex- explosives business, but yeah, in Canada, it's a big business, right? It's a big country, yes. lots of rock. Every construction site, uh, lots of them need blasting and houses and quarries and mines, and so. Uh, very, very successful, well known. Everyone across Canada would know my dad's name in that industry, and so no feelings of unhappiness, but certainly like often thinking like I'm never going to be able to top my dad. Like he's well respected, well known in the same industry for 40 years. You know, he could set off a blast in your bedroom and while you're sleeping, and he wouldn't even wake you up. And I don't even know which end to stick the cap into. So, you know, obviously that's going to be a hard business for me to get into and break into. And so, yeah, when you have a father who's successful, you often are going to be thinking, uh, I'm not going to look very impressive compared to him. But when you do find your own calling, that's and at the same time, the fathers, my father, your father, really meant the best, are giving us opportunities. Uh, but you have to find your own opportunity in, in life. And so, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, overcoming and fighting leukemia, uh, that is a hard battle, isn't it? It really is. Oof. It um, really is, you know. There's, there's just so much that goes with it, you know. The medication that goes into you, the chemo, the radiation, just, there's just so much horror that goes along with, you know, going through that. 
and as you go through it, the odds, you, you know, doctors, I love how they have, well, they have to tell you the odds, everything along the way, right? You've yeah. got like a one in four chance of yeah. getting through this, and you're like, oh, great, thank you. I'm not going to believe you, but thank you for telling me. So you must have had a few of those discussions. Absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of what really fuels me to, it fueled my anger, and that, and you know, and that's really kind of what got me through a part of it. You know, was holding on to the anger part was motivation, the scared part worked as motivation, but then the positivity part worked as you know the main motivation to getting through what I was going through. Amen, amen. Positivity, yeah, because no matter what you go through, you can maintain as much as possible a positive attitude. It affects your body, it affects your subconscious, it affects people around you, and uh, so yeah, hard to do hard to do yeah. we make it sound like oh yeah just remain positive while you're going through hell and uh, yep. it's like okay it's not easy and so let's acknowledge that of the 30 to 60 thousand thoughts you and i had there was probably probably over 10 thousand of those were <laughs> pissed off thoughts but if we yep. can redirect focus on positive what's good going on i'm going to beat this i'm going to be an example to other people uh, those kind of things can really, really push you, can't they? Yes, absolutely. Amazing. And so what are some of the symptoms of uh, leukemia? We've, a lot of people have heard of it, and, but not a, not everybody's been through it or heard, uh, known someone personally that goes through uh, leukemia and then the, the fight with leukemia. And as you described this, keep in mind, I have well, a queasy stomach. Yeah, uh, some of the symptoms that I've gone through when I was before I was diagnosed was, you know, extreme flu-like symptoms. You know, uh, nausea, vomiting, hemorrhaging. Uh, it's extreme fatigue. I I couldn't get up, you know, off the couch to get a drink of water, or go to the bathroom without being, you know, out for about five hours without energy. You know, it was just so bad. And I would see these white dots and black floaties in my vision and. It would just, it would get so overpowering sometimes that I couldn't really see anything other than the white dots and the black floaties in my vision. And, you know, I, I thought it was a bad case of ulcers. My doctor thought the same thing. And, you know, we started up a regiment to fight the, to fight that, but it wasn't even what the problem was. And, you know, my father had consistently said, go get your blood work done, go get your blood work done, go get your mm -hmm. blood work done. And I never did it. And it wasn't until, you know, I was told on December 23rd at 10 p.m. at night that, you know, we're either going to call an ambulance for you or we're going to bring you to the hospital, to which I said, just bring me to the hospital because I don't want to cause a scene. Yeah. So just, you know, bring me in. And uh, they brought me in, and my, you know, I already had a spike fever, and they brought me back to calm it down. They did a series of blood tests, and each time it got would progressively get worse each time. So from there is when they diagnosed me with ALL leukemia and uh, had a medevac that was going to bring me from Kelowna to Vancouver General. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we went through some of the same things. What is that floaties in the vision? Because I have that sometimes, too. I'm not, I'm not sure what that is, but for me, it, it was really intense. Like These like little white dots would just kind of like go off all of my vision. Like I, I can't explain them, and these big old black floaters would just go all over my vision. And for, I, I, what I think it is was just like dead blood going through my vision. I, I don't really know at all what that was, but uh, Annoying it, it, it got really intense, yeah. 
And it's extreme fatigue. My goodness, of all the arthritis workshops I deliver, the one that people talk about most symptom of arthritis is that same and that I experienced when I was young is that extreme fatigue. Like, people can't understand this. And sometimes, like, wives, husbands, uh, mostly wives are saying, like, you know, my husband and kids can't understand that I am exhausted. And they're like, you look fine. How come you're not making dinner, cleaning the house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the things that mothers do? (laughs) And it's hard to understand what that kind of fatigue is like, isn't it? As you said, you could do something for half an hour, but you're going to need to lay down uh, for a long time. And I had to used to take one day a week off school and would sleep almost all day. So, yeah, talk a little bit more about that. A fatigue, because there's a lot of people that have it, and probably it'd be nice for them to hear that. Oh, phew! I'm not just lazy; I am extreme fatigue because it comes with leukemia, arthritis, a number number of other diseases, chronic yes. ones as well. See, for me, my fatigue, and I, I still get that all the time now. You know, it, it comes from, for me, it's from my pain. You know, because I still get really extreme pain. And it just it just takes everything out of me, like all my energy, you know. And I might look good on the outside, I might be smiling and laughing, but inside I'm just exhausted, you know. And, you know, it's been kind of tough because, you know, even though I'm doing a lot better now, you know, people still think that I'm a lot healthier than I really am. And mm. they expect a lot more out of me. And it's like, you guys need to calm down. I'm, st- I'm still getting through this, you know. So there's a lot of secondary illnesses that come from what I have gone through, you know, and it's managing those as best as I can. But the fatigue, you know, that's still with me now, and, and it's, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You just got to, you know, you, only you know your body the best. And if your body's saying to rest, you got to go rest. And that's what I do. And, you know, just let it be at that, you know. And if people are not really accepting it, then... That there's something there that needs to kind of change, you know, and maybe have a doctor kind of explain the issue to them or something, but you, you can't be, you know, living life like that because that's just not going to be a good quality of life. Exactly. And at the same time, though, I would say that there's a fine balance because the one day you say I'm extremely fatigued and can't go to work, can't go to school, whatever you can't do, the next day you could say... I am as tired as yesterday, at least as tired, so I'm not going to go today either. And so, yes, listen to your body. That's extremely important. It knows you better than whatever you or I say. But at the same time, for personal toughness to overcome chronic illness, sometimes you just got to be like, Whatever, and that's why I love what you said, smiling and laughing when you're exhausted, and this is what I try to do the most. I try to smile the most when I'm the most sore and or tired. It helps me a lot, but it does take a lot of energy to act that way, doesn't it? It does. It really does, you know, and even like, you know, for me, you know, putting that smile on my face and laughing, you know, it's just the little things, you know, for me, like the little tools that I gave myself to get through the, you know, the severe pain, you know, and smiling and laughing is such an amazing thing to combat that, you know. It is. It's like answering amazing all the time, you know. You can't say amazing. you got to say amazing. Yes. And you got to know that people are going to ask you, well, why the heck are you amazing? You know, you look like you're sore, you look like blah, blah, blah. Um, 
I'm amazing because four out of ten people in the world live on less than $2 a day, and I live in Canada, so whatever I ever have to complain about anything, it should be kept in my brain and not out of my mouth because I get to eat every day, and those people are just as nice as you and I, David. Um, How do we get chosen to live in Canada, and how do they get chosen to live in in a third world country? Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. so uh, now uh, help me out with this because I'm co-authoring with two other people. I'm writing a book, and I'm, we're each writing a portion of it. And so I want to learn what was the process of writing a book like, and also how do you write without saying I all the time when it's about you? <laughs> well, the writing process was actually really an awesome process for me. You know, me and Marilyn Scott, you know, we, I, I, I was writing up my stories, you know, kind of like from um, a journalistic point of view. And what I did with Marilla was, I, I, you know, we sat there and we talked, and uh, she'd ask me a series of questions. And um, really what she was doing was just kind of cleaning my spirit out of all of the negative, you know, feelings that I was holding on to. But the writing process for me was just the best process possible because, it was getting the paint out and just, you know, leaving it pen to paper and on on the paper, and that would be it, you know. So the writing process was absolutely a tremendous thing for me to do, and I, I recommend it for everybody to write, you know, whether it's on a paper, on a post-it note, or in a journal. Mm-hmm. Just writing is just the most incredible thing you can do to really, you know, clean your spirit up of all of the negative feelings that you're holding on to. And just I can't stress how amazing that process was for me. And how incredible it could be for you just to write on a you know on a journal and getting some of those emotions out because you know what Marilla did for me was just absolutely incredible you know and I, I just I felt so much lighter after we did all that and you, you know instead of writing all the I I I you know it just was we wrote it from like a different point of view where we would uh, it wasn't like that you know it was just like a great story overall. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to reading it. I haven't got it yet, but I will be reading it, and I'll be reading it, and I'll be looking to see how does he write that without I, how what format <laughs> is he using? Because that's uh, I'm finding that difficult. Uh, writing a, now, you say the writing part. So some people, I think, probably uh, use like a Dragon dictation or some kind of recording device and blah, 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 and get some transcription of it. But you really like this sitting down pen and paper, mm-hmm. write yep. it all out, or did you type it on a Word I, document? Uh, how did you do it? Just uh, for me, I just typed it out on a computer and um, would just send, you know, correspondence back and forth, and then, you know, I went out to her place in Ohio a few times to write the story as well, and um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, you know, it was it's my story, but it was just uh, kind of rearticulated in a way that would flow in a nicer way, you know? Wow. And you've got some good people behind you promoting this book. As you mentioned, talk about uh, uh, Marilla Scott and uh, Leah Hunt is uh, pretty sharp as well. How do you get hooked up with uh, incredible people like that? Uh, God just had a plan to put amazing people in our life, and uh, it's just what he does, you know. He He is good at that, isn't he? He's so good at that, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. 
Now brag on Marilla a bit, because when I got an email from Leah saying she works with Marilla and a little bit about Marilla, I was like, I burned that reply through in about 38 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Working with Marilla is just such an awesome, awesome opportunity for me. And, you know, I had read her book, In Our House, and I was just hoping that, you know, somebody of that caliber could write my story and give it the justice that I felt it deserved. And I reached out to her, and uh, she she reached back to me, and I told her about my story, and she loved it. She thought that, you know, it was a great story, and she felt, too, she could do it a lot of justice. So I really, really fluked out by, you know, by meeting her, but at the same time, I also feel like it was part of God's plan to put her in my life to get the story out there and be told and have it being told the way, the best possible way, you know. And she did that for me. Wow, there's a few lessons in there. One is that I have found, and just like you found, some really, really, really successful people are also they read their emails, they reply to a lot of them, they uh, give of their time. Uh, they do way more than they're paid to do. And so I've known people, uh, I'm thinking of one particular person, you know, so why don't you approach someone about that? Oh, no, I can never do that. And, um, you know, as I've learned with radio shows, other different things I've done, man, some amazing people are really accessible and helpful and willing to serve. And Mm -hmm. you're like... Wow, did I just get a reply, email, or phone call from that person? Like, yes. all right, God, you're doing good work here. Right. Cool, eh? It is amazing yeah. how that happens. <laughs> it is. It really is amazing how it all happens like that. Now, Marilla, how, what is her connection with Oprah? She is Oprah Winfrey's Ambassador of Hope. And Oprah had given out that... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They, she gave them the title, five people that title that were had really incredibly outstanding stories of triumph. And Marilla had one of those incredible stories. And Oprah gave her the, you know, the dignified title of being one of her uh, ambassadors of hope. Holy smokes! What's yes. uh, Marilla's book uh, titled? Her book is titled um, In Our House as well as intuition. In our house, and then intuition as well, eh? Yeah, and uh, she also has a book of um, of positive uh, quotes, uh, which, you know, is surrounded by posit- surrounded by inspiration, sorry, you know, so she's got a few books out. Wow, God was really shining on you. Absolutely, he was, you know, just, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, there's a reason why an adult gets, you know, childhood leukemia and survives. It's to be able to be the voice for the children because th- there's no way, you know, uh, an adult that gets a childhood cancer, you know, is supposed to survive. There's just no, there's, it's just not in there to survive. The, the survival rates are, are almost non-existent. So mm. the fact that I survived is very tremendous, and I, I just feel like I'm here to bring voice to that of the children as well as that to raise awareness of the importance of bone marrow donations. I'm uh, practically tearing up here. One of my very, 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 very good friends from Chicago, Tom Sutter, S-U-T-T-E-R, runs a non-profit, Cal's Angels. Uh, his son, Cal, died uh, 
When I think there's 11 leukemia, as you said, the odds are extremely low. The process of dying is extremely sad. Um, and uh, but he's raised millions of dollars with this nonprofit, supporting wings of Children's Hospital uh, here and money for our families there. And so, like you and like I, you take an adversity that would just rock most people, parents especially. If you talk to a parent, that would be like the worst in the world thing to happen. Yeah. And then you go Absolutely. around and somehow you bless others through that grief with millions and millions of dollars to bring relief and help and service to other people. Um, in the end, that cow, his son cow, is going to outlive. It was certainly going to outlive his dad. His legacy is going to go on forever. And many, many people are going to be touched by it because someone turned an adversity um, into a, a, a way to help and serve others like you've done and, and like I've done. And so, as you said, the odds of survival are <laughs> very small. I'm sure you've heard what the odds are throughout the process, and not very many people live to tell of it and, and live to, you know, I wouldn't say encourage others. You know, the odds are always still low. Um, but in Canada, we have access to the very best possible care to at least keep those percentages where they are, yes, right? absolutely. So bone marrow, so on your website, tell me the website address, and let's say it three or four times so people are like, I can't remember that. <laughs> say it three times, they'll remember it. Gotcha. My website is www.davidtuckero.com. And on there, there's a link that says Become a Donor. If you click on the link to become a donor, it'll give you all the information needed to become a bone marrow donor. And uh, what they'll do is they will send you out a swab kit to which you will swab the inside of your cheeks, put it back on the tube, send it to them, all free of charge, and they'll run your DNA. And from there, if you're a match right away, they'll let you know, or else they'll keep your DNA until you are a match. And when you're called upon to be a match then, you know, the process really starts then by, um, you know, they'll get you set up and ready to go to, you know, uh, find the closest place to donate, and everything is really set up from there. It's a very easy and very painless process, like I said. So if you go to my website, www.davidtuckero.com, T-U-C-C-A-R-O.com, you can easily sign up to become a bone marrow donor there and get all the information needed to do it. Wow, and so even if, uh, so it's not even necessarily something you got to like w- run out to a clinic like in the next seven hours or the swab, all this for free at home. E- who can't do a swab? That's pretty easy. Uh, and send it back, and then when you're needed, as you said, so no need to like get here in the next seven hours. It's uh, like if you're needed, when you're needed, and then from there it's a, it's a simple process, but at least you're in the system and uh, you can be notified, and my goodness, imagine the impact you can have when when you're called. Instead of like, oh, they called me, it's going to be like, I have the opportunity to save a life. Hello. Yeah. You know, it's the greatest gift you can ever give somebody. It's the deepest part of your body is your bone marrow. So, you know, giving giving that part to somebody is really, really very significant. Not supposed to cry on the air, <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, what an amazingly easy process compared to what I remembered and what we described earlier. This is uh, unbelievably simple. It's inexpensive. You don't have to spend money, and you don't have to rush out and do it until it's actually required. And keep in mind, when it's required, it's to save a life. So you may never get to do CPR or any other form of saving a life, uh, throwing someone out of a in front of a beer truck or anything like that. But you know, uh, this is saving a life, or at least very, very good opportunity to save a life. And so, just like you should be a, a organ donor, you should also be a bone marrow donor. And don't sit around thinking about it. Like, go to the website, David. Nobody knows how to need help spelling David, D-A-V-I-D. So the only the last one is they have to remember is the T-U-C-C-A-R-O. So David, T-U-C-C-A-R-O dot com. And register. And again, don't sit there and say, that's a good idea. Go to that website and register. Um, I'm going to do it as well, even though you have to go through the blood test. Uh, because uh, if I can help uh, save someone's life, this is pretty cool because I'm never going to do CPR on them, that's for sure. Um, Man, David, we could probably talk for like three and a half days, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So after writing the book, and this is what I'm thinking as well with mine upcoming, it must have helped your family understand you more because as much as you can open up to a family and my family so I when I talk about adversity I talk about some of the blessings and some of the blessings involve the family you were born into not everyone has a family that can afford a child with an illness that has parents together that has uh, siblings that are like yeah I'll help you with that you know a lot of siblings are like bugger off, go do that on your own, I'm not helping you. And so it must have helped your family understand a little a little bit more because you can uh, they understood a lot, they live with you. But at the same time you do hold some of the negative, bad thoughts and emotions uh from them for their good and probably for your own as well, right? Yes. You know, um what what I found was and it took me a while to figure it out but I talked to a lot of different people, a lot of different walks of life, different faiths, and I asked them, you know, I'm not, I'm not so concerned why, you know, I got what I got, but I was more concerned why little kids are getting this disease. And the most common answer I got was, is God does it for a reason, you know, to bring a family together, to bring a community, a country, the world closer together. He always does something for a reason. And I found by, you know, getting what I got, it really brought my family closer together and really especially got me and my father's relationship back on track. And, you know, there, there was just, it was a blessing in disguise is how I'd like to, to think of it, you know. But, you know, I know other cases aren't so fortunate and so lucky, but being conscious to what is actually happening and what really, you know, God is doing, you know, is it bringing their family together? You should be aware of these things, you know. And know that everything that happens is for a good reason. Man, you're making me cry here. Because, yeah, family, my mom went on to become 
uh, an RNA, registered nursing assistant, probably not the same designation in this day and age, but went on to become a nurse because she spent so much time in hospitals with doctors, nurses, and that, and she became intrigued and interested and wanted to help people. Uh, my sister also got in the medical field. Well, she was around me. She's one year younger than me, so for many years she got involved in healthcare, medical things that probably other families don't chat about at their dinner table or experience in their life. And so you're like, wow, yeah, and my sister, my youngest one, Sarah, she wrote about me in a high school or, no, junior school essay, what a great brother I was, how I have all these challenges, but I'm always so positive, and oh, my goodness, and so you're like, wow, uh, my illness affected <coughs> everyone in my family. And my father, too. Bless, what a blessing. He could work in those days. My mom uh, didn't work for a number of years till we got older as a nurse, and uh, not everyone can have uh, mothers stay home with them when they're sick, yeah. um, and their father earn enough money to ensure that that happens. And so um, family blessings, like, look around. Like, yeah, you may want to punch them once in a while, but in the same time, uh, <laughs> it's a blessing to have them. Uh, exactly. And both you and I know people that don't have all those <clears throat> things in their life. And imagine going through the adversity you went through if you didn't have family that really, really, really helped you out. Yes. you have brothers and sisters? I do. I've got a sister and a half-brother. And a half brother, very cool. Can I ask yeah. you one other thing? Absolutely. What about uh, did you ever experience uh, prejudice? Absolutely, in any I did. Of the, in the healthcare system or anywhere, anywhere else? Because this is maybe again some most people don't realize, and Canada's probably pretty good, I imagine, compared to other places in the world. We're we're pretty good, but there must be must have experienced prejudice, racism, that kind of thing as well. I mean, growing up, yeah, absolutely, in schools, you know, but, I, I, you know, I, I, from what I gathered is, you know, it's learned at home. So, you know, absolutely, they go through that, being a Native American, growing up in Canada. But uh, in the hospitals and all that, no, absolutely not. I was treated just like any other person, you know, and uh, the thing what was they were, they were more scared that I was going to, you know, they didn't want me to pass. So they really, you know, gave me a lot of love and care and were just brilliant in the hospitals. But, yeah, I absolutely did go through a lot of, you know, prejudice and racism growing up in, uh, you know, in Alberta. And, um, you know, so did my father, you know. I mean, he's a Native American, and, you know, he's in Fort McMurray working in uh, the oil industry. And I guess, you know, at that growing up was just kind of an unheard of thing. So, you know, we, we've all had our fair share of adversity in that department growing up. Yeah, I imagine anybody's in business and there's a, some kind of a built-in prejudice or racism. It's like, okay, I can give this business to John Smith or I can give it to a First Nation guy. Well, I'm going to give it to John Smith. Um, that has to go through the, in people's minds. and so. Oh, but absolutely. nice that, what a testament to the Canadian healthcare system that perhaps other countries even south of us yes. don't always have is that Absolutely. Uh, with universal health care young old black green purple first nation wherever you may come from um you go into a hospital never take out your wallet you're treated the same as uh you know 
CEO of a company, mm-hmm. you're sitting beside him, you're treated exactly the same. And yes. what a great testament to to Canada and to our healthcare system. My goodness, you must have experienced the the love and care and and uh, from nurses. When you spend enough time in a hospital, you come to understand that they earn their money and they have a heart of gold and often yeah. patience beyond belief. Right? And if you're looking after kids like us, sounds like you have a little bit of rebellion in there. And I've seen a number of doctor's charts where I was described as non-compliant meaning I don't do what they say. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, nice to uh, have health care team members and people that, you know, treat you this, the same and uh, regardless of who you are. Very, what a blessing. Thank you. My goodness. Absolutely. You know, I'm just definitely blessed to be uh, born in Canada and, you know, have access to that great health care system that we have up there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, tremendous. So you have found your God-given purpose. And, uh, um, you know, that's the number one of Napoleon Hill's 17 Principles of Success, definiteness of purpose. And when you find it, wow, isn't it? It's hard to describe to people when you find your purpose for life, isn't it? It is. It's like you think of every amazing adjective you can think of and then put them all in a list. Because, hey, we're still tired. We're try- still trying to smile when we're exhausted. We're probably both exhausted on this call right now. <laughs> going to go lay down after. Uh, but, wow, we know that this 40 minutes that we spend together, someone else who is tired, depressed, hopeless, got leukemia, name a number of challenges, is going to be like, Okay, if those two fools can do it, I'm going to be positive. I can do yeah, it too, exactly. and you know, come on. Uh, if they can do it, I can do it. And then, if you can just help one person who's sitting at home, and you know, people don't understand them, they they're tired, whatever the case may be, uh, that one voice of hope can really yeah. impact someone, can't it? Absolutely, amazing. So, uh, David T U C C. A-R-O.com. And, of course, I imagine every book in the world is sold on Amazon.com mm-hmm. or, for us Canadian people, Amazon.ca, right? Yes. And oh, Chapters. Let's yeah, not uh, forget Chapters. And Indigo.ca and uh, RedTuke.ca. Yeah, Chapters is Indigo, so Indigo.ca, right? Yes. Oh, I spent hours and hours in those chapter stores, so let's shout out to Indigo. Indigo.ca, that's a good one. If you're in Canada, buy it from there. That's a Canadian-owned company, so Indigo.ca, Amazon.com, Amazon.ca. Bad to the Bone, very cool title. Uh, George Thorogood, I think, has a song about that. That's how people can memorize that, Bad to the Bone. (laughs) And let's say it for about the 19th time. David, T. U-C-C-A-R-O dot com. Register to be a bone marrow donor. Don't sit there on your hands. You already listened to 40 minutes of this show without doing it. So get off the show, get registered as a bone marrow donor, and think of the impact that, that you could have, especially if it's a kid. My goodness, imagine saving a kid's life. That would be, that would be incredibly awesome. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time today, David. This is uh, 
really, really uh, amazing time that we've spent. We have so many similar things in common, and finding your purpose to encourage others and for a purpose of getting people to register as a bone marrow donor. It's so easy, it's so simple, and it's so painless. And it's not inexpensive, it's free. So come on, let's get registered, everybody. Thanks for your time today, David. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so very much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my story with you and the audience. And you too, have a great day. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care.